Turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. The first part in a series that I'm going to be sharing with you uh, about the end times. And before I read this text, I want you to know I'm, I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet. I am not a master theologian. Uh, I am just like you. I study the Bible and the Word of God. And um, there's so much over the next several weeks, if the Lord will allow, that I want to share with you that's obvious to any student of the Word of God. And I trust that by the time we're done with this first installment, your eyes will start to lift from this world and look heavenward because our redemption indeed draweth near. <laughs> Matthew 24, I'm going to read this whole chapter. I make no apologies for it. So you can be seated. <laughs> so. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And historians all agree about the overthrow of Jerusalem, and there was not one stone of the temple attached to another. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and the end of the world. And see, we think world, globe, uh, the blue thing from the view of the shuttle, the land mass. But it, the word is, it's world, but it, the Greek word means age from where we get our word eon, which means what's the sign of the end of this dispensation, this period of time? So they asked him three things. What shall be the sign of your coming? Or, uh, I'm sorry, tell us what, when these things shall be, the destruction of the temple, what shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the age, the period, the dispensation? And Jesus answered and said unto them, here is the first thing he answers. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. This is another unfortunate translation. It's truth, but it's not as we would say it. Nation here means race. So race will fight against race. And kingdom would be what we would say nation, a kingdom. Like the United States is a kingdom, the United Kingdom, the kingdom of Africa. So it's race against race, kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in strange places, many places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you. And you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And many shall be offended and they shall betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom... Mark this in your Bible. That's not the gospel of grace. The, the gospel of grace, the revelation of Jesus dying for our sins, had not yet been given because Jesus hadn't died. Paul was the one that got the revelation of what the blood of Christ meant, the heavenly tabernacle, all of these things. So Jesus, speaking to Jews, speaking to Israelites, he said the gospel of the kingdom must be preached. So what is that? That Jesus, Messiah is Yahweh and both Lord of Lords and King of Kings. The Jews are going to be the preachers of that. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world and then shall the end come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever readeth this, let him understand. Let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains and let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. 
Then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And except those days would be shortened, there would be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, that's the Israelites, the elect, those days shall be shortened. For if any man shall say unto you during this period of time, Christ is over here or Christ is over there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and they will show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. Behold, I've told you before. So if anyone says unto you, he is in the desert, don't go there. And he's in secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And after the tribulation of those days, immediately after, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. And he will send his angels with a great trumpet and gather together his elect from the four winds. Once again, that's the Israelites. From one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When the branch is tender and putting forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when you see these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. But as of that day and hour knoweth no man, know the angels of heaven, but my Father only. He is speaking again of the second coming of Christ to the earth. Not the rapture of the church, the second coming. No man that knows the hour of the day of the Lord, but only my Father in heaven. But as the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So also so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. There will be two in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two will be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what, what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye ready, for in such hours you think not the Son of Man cometh. Now, would you pray for me and with me that God would give us clarity from his word and that we would receive it into the deepest part of who we are this morning. Father, I just humble myself before you this morning and I want to say publicly that I do not feel like I know it all or understand all things. Uh, the thing about prophecy, Lord, is it's easy to recognize after it's happened. But I pray, O oh Lord, that you would let me teach according to your spirit and your purposes, and only those things, I will be the clearest that I know how to be in saying these are the things the Lord says, and these are the things that might be, so that we're not confused, because Lord, your word is a more sure foundation than anything else. I pray you quicken my physical body today, Lord, in my weakness and my sickness, so that I wouldn't be hindered in communicating your word, and we will be careful to give you all credit and glory for any good thing that happens in this church. For the glory of your Son, we ask this, God. Amen. The first thing I want to share with you, and this morning I'm not so much preaching as I'm going to be teaching. It behooves us to understand how often we miss what God is doing. Jesus came to the earth, the first coming, the first advent, walked among the Pharisees who could quote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They could quote the entirety of the law and did not recognize the Son of God in front of them. The reason they did not recognize him is because he did not come as they expected. He is going to be coming as king. There were prophecies that said he's coming to establish his kingdom and rule the world with a rod of iron. Righteousness will reign. But what they missed was that he would also come through the virgin, meek and lowly. And he was the one that turned his back to the plowers and they would whip his back. So in their expectation, which was scriptural, 
They missed the other scriptural presentation and they didn't recognize Jesus because kings aren't born in mangers. Okay. When you hear the word, the day of the Lord, many Christians, well-meaning, good-hearted Christians, have scriptural evidence that the day of the Lord is when he comes back to the earth, sets his foot on the Mount of Olives, it splits in half, and every eye sees him. Beginning the day of the Lord, the, 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 the final act of his triumph where he treads the winepress and he destroys the enemies of Almighty God. But in the day of the Lord, there is the rapture of the church and the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're all part of the same thing. But I'm going to present to you, and I, listen, there are scholars that believe differently than this. And they may know more Bible than I know, but... The thing you need to understand about a local pastor is there will be a day coming when I stand before the Lord and I'm going to answer by myself for everything I tell you. That causes me to shake at the deepest part of who I am. And so I am not interested in debating with someone and them coming to my side or me coming to your side. I am interested in proclaiming that which I believe to be truth and God discerns the hearts and intentions of a preacher's heart. And so I share with you my belief on these end time things based on the study of scripture. And it is clear to me that there is a catching away of the saints because there's the, the two parts of the day of the Lord are the rapture and the revelation. Let me read the verses to you. One of them I can quote, one of them I can't quote. The rapture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, says, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Then the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, gravity is going to lose its hold. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So part of the second coming, the rapture, he doesn't come to the earth. We go to him. And in the revelation, he comes to the earth. Now, I just read it to you. He's talking to the Jews. He's talking about the end of the age. And he said to them, he said that the son of man will be seen by everybody. The rapture, he's not seen by everybody. It's just a noise. It's just a shout and a sound. And those of us that know the sound today will know it in that day. There's something in us that's going to reverberate and goes, that's the Lord. Even if we've never heard the trump before, we are tuned to heaven's frequency. Not by our merit, but by the work of God. And he is going to take his saints home. Now, the revelation, Jude 1 says this. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied saying, The Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they've ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against God. So if the rapture, it, if it is us being caught together with him to meet him and the revelation is him coming with 10,000 of his saints. How can he come with someone that hasn't been raised? I've even heard people say we're going to do like a little U-turn. They said, you know, the trump of God goes off and we get up out of the ground and we're going back to the earth. That's, it's just not in there. My belief, my understanding is that when we're caught away, oh, there's so much you just get ahead of yourself. When we're caught away and the great tribulation really starts to sh take shape, there's the first three and a half years, all the seven years of the great tribulation. The first three and a half are not as bad. The second three and a half are called the wrath of God. And the Bible tells believers, we are not appointed unto wrath. We are not appointed unto wrath. So we're caught away, and it's my opinion, with the few scriptures that have been given, that when the saints are caught away, we are going to the Bema seat of Christ, where we're going to be judged not for our sins, but our works. Something as simple as the ones that practice during the week and come early to lead us in worship, the ones that serve our kids, the ones that minister to people at your work, for all the things, not good works, the things that were done for his glory. Not good works, things that were done, motivated by and pointed towards Christ the Lord. We're gonna receive reward. 
And the scripture tells us that there will be people called great in the kingdom. And there will be people called least in the kingdom. We all are in agreement. We make it into heaven by what Christ did for us. Nothing else. But the rewards are based on what we did for Christ. And don't think for a minute, because I have a big church, that that means I have reward. I, I walk through tight places with the Lord where I humble myself and apologize because everything I did for man's approval or his glory or remuneration, burn up. But if it's done with good motive, no matter how weak or frail we are, it will receive its just reward. This passage is written to the Jews, yet including the unbelieving Gentiles who will still be here after the rapture before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, there was no discussion of the rapture because God had not revealed it. It didn't come till years later where the Apostle Paul had a heavenly vision. He, he saw the Lord and the Lord told him what the broken body meant and the blood meant. And he explained to him how the mystery of all mysteries, the church and Jesus is like a husband and a wife. And he showed him all things. So there was no knowledge of the rapture of the church until Paul came. So, of course, they couldn't teach it in Matthew 24. And I'll, have, I'll, I'll listen to preachers say, no mention of it. No mention of it. It wasn't time to mention it. They, Jesus was telling them about the day of the Lord. Lord, when will you restore the kingdom to Israel? When's the power come? When's the kingship come and the scepter in your hand? And when is the trading of the enemies? And he said, well, all these things have to happen first. No mention of the rapture. And just because it wasn't mentioned didn't mean it wasn't on the schedule. And Paul revealed it later. So, if the world is supposed to be as it was in Noah's day, before the second coming of Christ to the earth to judge, and the second coming follows the rapture of the church, how close are we? He said these things must happen before Jesus comes back to the earth to judge the earth. Those things are all, all happening. And other things we're going to get to in a moment, they're all here. When I was a little boy in church, it was, Jesus was coming every week, every week. And they were well-meaning. And in Paul's day, they thought he was coming then. But the student of Scripture, as time passes, you realize things weren't in place, not for the rapture, but for the return of Jesus to the earth. There has to be a one-world currency ready to be put in place, a one-world government ready to be in place, a one-world religion where we all are just streams leading to the same river, and we have these interfaith services where all these religions that blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ and the gospel of God on one stage saying we're all brothers, that wasn't in place. How many of you are old enough to remember the first credit card that American Express that come out? Like five people had it, you remember? And now less than 2% of transactions are done in cash. The capacity to monitor every transaction on the face of the earth, we've had that for years. So my point to number one is this. If all those things must be in place before Christ returns to judge, and they're already in place, how close are we to the turn of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church? Those of you that have been with me a long time, you know this. I am not a fear monger. I am not a manipulator that tries to push you into something. I'm telling you as a believer, not as a pastor. My spirit man is more alive today than it's been in years and years. I feel that the trump is at the mouth of the angel. I believe we're that close. I, I believe it. I believe it's just right there. Could it be today? Could it be today? Could it be today? Could it be today? Oh, no, the Lord's not coming. Maybe not coming for you. Had a lady tell me one time, the Lord showed me I'm going through the tribulation. I said, I believe you. I, I, she said, I'm serious. I said, I believe you. But I'm looking for one to come and snatch us away. And you know what the other Christians say? That's escapist theology. Yes. Yes. Pray that you would be able to escape. This is what Jesus said. Pray that you'd be able to escape these things that are coming up on the earth. Okay. Three things this morning. 
I want to talk to you about what has happened, what may happen, and what will happen. What has happened, what may happen, and what will happen. What has happened? How did we get here as a nation? Well, there's some very simple answers to that question. Because we, the church first, and then the world, have rationalized, justified, and now celebrate our sinfulness. And this sinfulness has seared our conscience with a hot iron. Seared our conscience. No shame. Daring another Christian to call us out on anything. Judge not that you be not judged. Paul said, judge all things. All things. So what is he saying? Judge not. He said, the, the, the portion of scripture says, be careful how you judge because with the same measure you judge others, you'll be judged. And by the way, before you judge other people, make sure you pull that cedar beam out of your eye before you start playing with splinters in others' eyes. But that doesn't believe, mean that another believer can't come to someone in meekness and go, that's wrong. You ain't never seen mad till you call a Christian out on their sin or carnality. I defriend you. I've been defriended so many times on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I was like, so now I'm evil because I love you enough to tell you? We have rationalized, justified, and even celebrated our sinfulness. There are people in this room, you used to live your Christian life by the mantra, what's right with it? And if it ain't right with it, I don't want to do it. I don't want to bring grief, grieving to my Lord. And now you parade with pride and arrogance. What's wrong with it? And then when they tell you, it makes you mad. And what we do is we group other carnal Christians around us to validate our sinful behavior. And the whole time our heart gets hard. The Bible says to circumcise your heart. You do it. And almost everyone here is an adult. And I, I trust that you wouldn't think I'm trying to make a sexual comment. But why would God say circumcise your heart? We took our little boy Elisha. The first day or two that he was here. They took his little private. And they cut it with a razor. A scalpel. Very, and pulled the skin back. If you've ever had a little boy and you go to change the diaper. Any wind hit him. You know, they just TT everywhere. It just, it's, it's, you better have a towel. I go in with a hoodie. I've zipped the hoodie up. I'm backing in. So why would God say circumcise your heart? For this reason. On a man, the most sensitive part of his body. So much so that if a breeze blows by, he can feel it. And Jesus said, if you were believers would cut back the hard part and tuck the skin under. You'll know when I'm near you. You'll know when I walk away and you'll humble yourself. But our problem is we'll feel nothing. And we got to wait for some mean preacher to scream at us that we're sinful and we don't need to hear that because he didn't die for us and there's no change. My question is this. How did it get to this? How... It's a steady progression of, I know what the word of God says, but. And again, please don't think I'm beating up on you. I know who I'm preaching to. If you're in the faith and living correctly, this ought to be an encouragement to you. We're, we're, we, we got to this place because we stopped living it. And if there's no light, guess where those in darkness go? We're the only light there is. If we do everything they're doing except they go to the lake on Sunday and we come here, there's no difference. By the way, this is not the game. This is the huddle. This is when you get in a group, okay, strong right, fullback dive left, uh, double out, Z out, uh, fly pattern on one. And then people leave the church and they go, whew, what a good game. We ain't played no game. This is the huddle. We're supposed to go into all the world and be light and salt. And to be, and, and by the way, light's not blinding if it's doing its job. If you walked in here and we had Q-beams hitting you in the eyes, you couldn't see anywhere. You don't go into work with your Bible big as a suitcase and somebody go, good morning. Well, praise the Lord. It just blinds them. Light does its job 
when it illuminates a place so you know how to walk. It's just light. How do we get to this place? Because we lost our sight. We no longer know the difference between good and evil, right and wrong. And we, have, we can't see. We can't see to remember to tell others that there are two sides to the Lord. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. Goodness, mercy, grace, and judgment. God's not going to. God is a God of love. Love wins. No, justice wins. Holiness wins. And we're judged by the standard of our own sinfulness. And the only hope we have is the shed blood of Christ. Well, I'm a believer. Okay, so we're living in this horrible bondage and we tell other people we're a believer. Believe in what, though, is the question. Jesus shall save us from our sins, not to keep us in them. The evidence that people like you and I were changed is not a perfect life, but a perfect heart. We want to live right. We want to do right. And we're sensitive. When you got to go back and tell that person, I lied to you, man. Sorry. I, I, I can't watch this anymore. I'm sorry. That tender heart is the evidence to you that you are in tune and you are not going to miss it. I know people that are worried about it. You're not going to miss it. Do you miss, do you miss that 60-watt uh, alarm clock that goes off at 5 o'clock in the morning? There's no way you can miss it. It raised the dead. The cook at Waffle House jumps when it goes off. You can hear it. And the trump of God is going to go off to us. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Not just what the Spirit says to the church, but the workings of God. We've lost our awe, humility, reverence, and unconditional obedience to God's word. The fear of God has been replaced with the fear of men. And we're afraid of the loss of comforts. No longer afraid of the Lord. Afraid of what someone will say. There's something happening. I, listen, you don't have to separate yourself. You just live right, and the separation's going to happen anyway. You know, the lines are being drawn. I'm telling you. This wasn't even in my notes, but I feel prompted to share this with you. Jesus was speaking of the wheat and tares. And he said, a, 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 the good man had went and sowed seed, which is the Son of God, sowing lives, people, into the earth. And the evil man sowed tares among the wheat. And Jesus said, don't, don't you separate them. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. At the end, it'll be evident. And I, I'm going to reserve a lot of the details for a later message. But just, just this part. Look at this. When, when wheat and tares grow together, they look exactly alike. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Well, just alike. But as time passes... One of them turns to darkness, and one of them lightens. Okay, watch. I know you picked up the analogy. One turns to this world and sin and compromise, and the other just naturally gets brighter and brighter. A tear stiffens pride, arrogance. I will not kneel. Who do you think you are telling me how to live and what to do? And the wheat bows over because of the weight of its fruit. It just bows over. And the third thing is the, the, the fruit, the edible part of tares is poisonous. And that of wheat is good for, for others and growth and nutrition. And you know what God's saying in the heavens today? Leave them alone. Just give them time. And the darkness that's on the inside will be evident on the outside. And they're going to group themselves with like tares. I am not better than anyone. I am the chiefest of all sinners, but I don't want to be in the bundle of those that named his name and God said, I didn't even know who you were. I didn't even know who you were. My unbelieving friends don't try to spend their life doing mighty works for God. He said, we did great things in your name. We cast out devils. We did mighty wonderful works. The only people doing that are people that believe they're in Christ. And he said, I don't even know who you are. So what has happened is God has turned us over to ourselves. You saw it in the 80s and the materialism found in Christian television. You saw it in the 90s as we desired to be relevant more than we did righteous. 
And when God turns you over to yourselves, it looks like flesh. Whether it's on the stage and you got celebrity preachers and celebrity singers, whether it's the preacher on the stage preaching a prosperity gospel where God wants you to be rich and the goal of Christianity is to have a new house and all the other, it doesn't always look like base sin, but it always looks like man. And I want to tell you something as your pastor. I would rather be turned over to my worst enemies than myself. He said, because of that, I just turn you over. And from that, you're going to go into the vilest of things and see some of us that aren't right with the Lord compare ourselves to other sinners and we gauge where we're at based on them. They're not the standard. How is it? How is it that you are able to do things today 20 years ago, you'd have never done. And I had a Christian tell me the other day, it's because I was a legalist then. Okay. How many others would say, because I have slid back from my first love. I've slid back from my consecration. I, my choices, the current of this world, because iniquity abounds, the love of many grow cold. In this last hour, we congregate together but we are leading individual lives. Do not take your primary cue from me or anyone else. When you come to church, the God part of my message for you is what echoes in your heart that God's already told you. Don't you let a man lead you. I have trouble leading myself, but I might echo that which you read and study to confirm in your heart where you are and whose you are. Okay, number three. What may happen? Say this with me. What may happen? So don't leave here and say, John said this is going to happen. No. This is a small thing, but it's very soon in coming, I believe. I believe the church, before there's persecution, we have to be uh, out from under a tax-exempt status. I believe that that will be lifted. There'll be no tax benefit anymore to the church and those that give to the church. And from that, giving will go down 30 to 60% and you will see empty churches all over the Bible Belt. Empty buildings, big buildings, small buildings, large buildings, any with overhead. Because the first thing is it's not a benefit temporally to give. And then later, you'll be tied to your giving to enact specific persecution. So the first thing that may happen that I see on the horizon is that the tax benefit will be lifted uh, and that you'll begin to see when that happens a lot of financial strain on corporate churches like we have. I hear people say God's not in what we do. And then I hear people say that's the only thing God's in. I want everybody to look at me. Everybody. God was in And is in the local churches. But the church is not limited to these buildings and these things. It's not that there's one or the other. There are people in third world countries that if they went to a building, they'd just be easy to be massacred. They meet in groups in two and three. So this is the church. That's the church. So don't think that God has to sustain this church on every corner. You're going to see cobwebs in churches. And several large ones. This is what may happen. I see several large ones where the spirit of Antichrist, Antichrist means the opposite of Christ, a bloodless gospel, a Christless gospel, a gospel that requires no repentance, a gospel of tolerance and acceptance. They will swell. They will swell with people, resources, notoriety. They'll be in cahoots with the government of this world, the evil one, the religions of this world, and we just all, we differ, but we're all on the same page. We are not on the same page. There is one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, one. And now take it for what you will, but a true Muslim is not my brother. Followers of Islam or Buddha are not my brothers. And if I stand in unity with them, I have taken the gospel of Jesus Christ and I have buried it because it's exclusive. 
and said, God is a God of love. I don't get to make that call. Yes, he's a God of love, but he's altogether holy, which means separate. Holy means separate. I'm altogether separate. And churches will swell with this new tolerance called love, which love also tells the truth. That's for a different sermon. Okay. Uh, Hyperinflation may happen very soon. And more than likely, this is my opinion, we are heading into an absolute economic collapse in the United States. Not like 2008, an absolute economic collapse. If I start a franchise, let me pick one. What would I like? Meat and vegetables. If I started a Janine's franchise or a Bear's Den franchise, and my income was $1,000 a day, so 30000 a month roughly. And my expenses, my income's 30000 and my expenses were $3 million a month. And I did that for 30 years. Well, you, just let's use common sense. Well, you couldn't do that for 30 years. Oh, but if I could print money, I could. So we're not in the millions and I am not, listen, don't even try to get me on Republican, Democrat. I ain't fond of either side. Uh, so this is not a political thing. George W. did his thing. I wouldn't want to take the baton from what he left us. President Obama's done his thing, and we owe 13 plus trillion dollars. And since we don't have the money to pay it, we just print more money. And we pay our interest with the new money. And every business that spends more than it takes in goes bankrupt. Now, I'm not afraid. The Lord told us these things were going to happen. The world, we have to collapse or be absolutely uh, hamstrung, uh, uh, just severed with strength. Because why would a nation, the global standard based upon the dollar, why would we ever want to be a part of the one world government? We're at the top. We ain't going to join anything else. This, we can print our own money. Why would we move? Unless we were devalued. And when it makes sense and it provides comfort and security to people, the United States, when we're no longer the, the monetary reserve, it's based upon the dollar, when it becomes something else, we will gladly join a one world currency when it benefits us. And the trick, the gig's almost up. This, they, you keep printing to the certain amount, it's a Ponzi scheme of the greatest order. And so I believe there's going to be hyperinflation before, and I believe we could have an economic collapse without hyperinflation. But it's math, people. It's not even spiritual. It's just math. You spend 30 million a month and you take in 3,000, you go bankrupt. There's going to be global climactic change and chaos what may happen. The Bible speaks of earthquakes and scientists tell us of great earthquakes. Now with the technology that we have, we're more aware of the asteroids that have always been there. The reason I believe that it may come this way is because the Bible is specific about these. It speaks of earthquakes in diverse places and great earthquakes and speaks of stars falling from heaven, one even named Wormwood, that when it hits the earth, it destroys one-third of the water, one-third of the, the fish, one-third of, uh, of the plant life, one-third. And I knew when I would start to talk on this, there's some of us that are prone to fear. God didn't put this in the Word to make us afraid. He said, when you see these things, this generation ain't going to finish. You're going home, and I can prove it to you. When the Lord said, and so will uh, the dead in Christ will rise, then we which are alive and remain to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Oh, it's as bad as you think. That means I'm closer than I realize. It's not an issue of what's going to happen here. It's I'm looking for a new city, not this one. And this false doctrine that was preached the last 20 years that the church is going to get the earth ready and so Jesus can come back. You can't have a kingdom till you got a king. The king is coming back. 
And lions will lay with lambs and people will beat their weapons into plowing instruments. And angels will fly through the earth ruling with a rod of iron. Not in this kingdom. And righteousness will dwell. So these things, these horrible things are coming upon the earth. But we're not people of the earth. We're not people of the earth. Our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it might not be fashioned like us, but unto his glorious body. Comfort one another with these words. The world is worse than you think, and you're closer to heaven than you think. You better be ready. You better be ready. I wasn't supposed to preach. I'm supposed to teach, but it's coming. What may happen? I see it very possible that we are going to get away from local police departments and become a military police state. The media, like it or not, is owned by corporations that are not U.S. They are, it's global powers. And they put on the television what they want to put on the television. That's why any racial disparity and look at me there is racial disparity but it's emphasized if a white cop is an idiot and he beats a young black boy it's going to be on every 30 minutes every 30 minutes it's going to be on highlighting we'll have stupid stuff on the television every time you turn the tv on deflate gate about the football did it have this amount of air in it that and the whole time it's on the news our our government is passing laws where we distribute our wealth to other nations and nobody says anything. So see, it, it's all part of this control system and, and we, oh, it's all out of control. It's out of control. Just a pocket, just a pocket of unrest and we're gonna open ourselves up to a military police state which must be in place. People that all they know is freedom. You can't tell me what to say and who to worship. Well, if it's a police state, you can. And the U.S., if the Lord tarries as we know it, I believe will not be anymore. We're already, we're not even three days, four or five days into it. We're already seeing people that are to perform weddings just humbly saying, I I, I would rather not. Already in jail. And $1,000 a day for every day. One person, you remember the bakery thing that caught the media attention? Now, again, on the internet, you can't tell what's real news or not. So I just, I'm repeating what was, looked to me like a reliable news source. They were sued and this couple had to pay, the couple that owned the bakery had to pay them $130,000 for pain and suffering and go to jail. Because they said, we, we, I would rather not. So see that. It's getting close to where, for the first time in our lives, our faith is going to cost us something. Not just somebody not going to lunch with you during break. I mean, cost you something. Number four, what will happen? And I know, I know what today is going to be like. You're going to probably leave and go, oh, Lord. This is just the first installment. That's all. It'll get better. <laughs> Hang in there with me. It's just so much material. You got, you know, but I want to know what what has happened. We have fallen away from God, period. Our righteousness is as filthy rags and our sins are being manifest before us. These things may happen and the things that may happen, if they happen, are going to sober us very quickly. And number four, what will happen? The seduction and deception of believers. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of, de- of devils. Some will fall away from the faith. Well, they can't. They're eternally secure, someone would say. It says they will fall away from the faith. No, no, they're saved. They will fall away from the faith. They will denounce the only thing that allowed salvation. Full relying trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ for their sins. They will reject it. How? Because doctrines of devils and seducing spirits have tricked them. 
the false gospel that is about to sweep our nation. It's got undercurrents now, but I'm telling you today, I'm telling you, will be based on morality and kindness and goodwill to your neighbor. No stripped, naked, bleeding Jesus. No, no, no. God is a God of love. Love your neighbor. And they'll quote scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. God is love. All these things. It'll be there. But there'll be no Christ. Any gospel that does not begin with, is not centered around, and does not culminate in the glory of Jesus Christ, is a false gospel. It's a false gospel. And when a believer is deceived, you think deception is, is, is dark for those of us who were, you remember before we were saved, the Bible said the God of this world hath blinded the eyes of those that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. The deception of believers is worse than that because they have the knowledge of God and the scriptures of God swirling around and they're putting a half a scripture with a half a scripture and they don't even know that they're gone. I pray every day that I not be deceived. Every day. Well, you ought not be fearful. I'm working out my salvation in fear and trembling. And when I get up from praying that, I'm good. I'm not worried about what the next card is going to be, what's going to happen. Anti-Semitism is going to increase to a fever pitch. Now, this will happen, surpassing the hatred of Adolf Hitler. Has to. How can you say that? Because Hitler organized an unknowing Germany for most of them to persecute and annihilate millions of Jews. This last anti-Semitism will culminate in nations grouping together to wipe them off the face of the earth. The hatred of the Jews. And as we see our leadership pulling back from our alliance with Israel, not only not supporting, but verbally correcting them, accusing them of war crimes. Here's somebody saying, please don't, please don't. Please don't, please don't, please don't. Now, if you do, we're going to fire back in three days. We're gonna, if you don't stop, we're going to fire back in two days. If you don't stop, we're going to fire. And when they fire, the world says, war crimes. What nation has ever said we're going to shoot back in three days? It's insanity. But it's coming. Our U.S. embassy was painted or colored, if you will, in, the, in, in God's city. And you tell me we have, we are so confused. If you put our brains in a bird, it'd fly upside down backwards. We don't know. Not only will anti-Semitism surpass that of in the time of Adolf Hitler, but the person of persecution of Christians that we've read about we've watched on the news overseas, will happen in this nation. It's going to start out with economic persecution, where you're just locked up and you pay fines, and then a home will be taken away from you. It is coming now. Will that happen before Jesus comes back? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. We are not going to be here for the great tribulation, the wrath of God. We're not. But people overseas have their families divided. They take their children. It's, it's, it, this, this is a real thing you need to know so your heart's prepared that whatever you face, it's not, I'm not afraid, I'm aware. I'm aware. Knowing that the Lord's watching and knowing the Lord's our shield and our protector. There will be, shall happen, the revealing of the false prophet, the antichrist, and the one world currency. The revealing of the false prophet, the head of the one world church, the antichrist, the head of the one world government, and the mark of the beast, the one world currency. I've done a lot of research on this, and I've heard several theologians say that um, you're part of the, the one world system already if you're using credit cards and all of this but God's word is specifically clear where it's supposed to be clear and vague where it's written in parable and it said they'll take a mark on their right hand 
on their forehead. So whether that's an RF a radio frequency chip or what it could be just a laser tattoo, we don't know, okay? But if for whatever reason that transpires before we're gone, you just know. Doesn't matter what, know. And these things are going to happen. It doesn't matter how much we pray because God said they're going to happen. So one world currency, one world church. Now, I know this is going to make some of you upset at me. And I'm willing to finance that as long as you know my heart is not to upset you. It is my opinion that the one world church will encase everybody else. And I believe according to scripture, it's the Roman Catholic church. I do. And are you saying that Catholics aren't saved? Not at all. I'm saying the Roman Catholic church, their doctrine, if you look at just the doctrine of necromancy and praying to dead saints. And it said they were drunk on the blood of saints. And over the hundreds of years, the, the great inquisition and the persecution, I believe that there are saved people throughout it, but it as an organism. And that if, you, if you've ever even looked inside of the Vatican and the other things, it's about as high as you can get to deifying man. And I believe that, and hear me, I may be wrong, but it's my opinion that the Pope, whoever's in place at that time, will be endued with such power that he'll be able to call fire down of heaven in front of other people. And now a religion of form and ritual will become a religion of power, and all the ones bleed into one, and he'll have the power through political associations to judge those that are not part of the one world church, okay, the one world government. It's all tied together. It's the Tower of Babel again where all of us are forced to raise ourselves up to heaven and take the place of God. That's the spirit of the world. You're not God. We're God of our own lives. There's a great falling away and strong delusion. Turn in your Bible to 2 Thessalonians 2. And I do believe that the false prophet and the antichrist are on the, in the earth today. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're geopolitical figures. I, I don't know who they are, but they're, they have to be here to step into place. 2 Thessalonians 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our what? Gathering together unto him. Now is it... Him coming to the earth or us going to him? I'm asking you. Us going to him. Do not be soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Two totally different things. One is the gathering of us unto the Lord and the other is the day of Christ. That the day of Christ is here. The day of judgment. All of these things. Let no man deceive you. For that day shall not come. What day? The day of the Lord. The judgment of God upon the nations cannot come until there come a falling away first and the, son of, the man of sin be revealed, which is the Antichrist, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God will sit, sit in the temple of God, declaring himself that he be God, knowing, or remember not that I told you these things, and now you know that what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now restrains until he be taken out of the way. And then, do you follow that? The Holy Spirit is not going to leave the earth until he be taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit's not going to leave the earth because if that were the case, no one would be saved during the tribulation. And the Bible speaks of all the saints who's martyred for their faith. They come to faith. The church is the housing of the Holy Spirit. And this measure of the church is what has kept the earth from utter putrefaction. And when it's removed, there is no standard in the way. There is no obstacle. And the Holy Spirit will be there to redeem people, but not as a presence in the local body of the church. And when that wicked will be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with brightness of his coming, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders, 
and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth. Be careful, these people said, oh, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. The devil believes in Jesus. It's the love for the truth, the love for the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, and that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Lisa, if you'd come for me, please. The great falling away is different from the strong delusion. The great falling away is happening now. People are falling away, watch, from what they once believed, how they once worshiped, how they once stood. They're falling away from earlier commitments. Uh, we call it being enlightened, but the truth is our eyes are growing dark. We're falling away. But the strong delusion is different. Now, what I'm going to share with you here can be misinterpreted, and I'm sure I'm going to get some mail on this one too, but listen to me. When God sends them strong delusion from God, it's not a mist that just makes everybody dumb. There will be something so supernatural and so global, it would look something like. So look at me. I don't know that this is it. But with the last 20 years of everything called UFO, UFO, all it means is unidentified. We don't know what it is. All through the Bible, angels could appear as men. All through the Bible. And I believe that it possibly could be demonic manifestations guised as light, uh, wisdom. And if our officials are on the news and here's this person that's otherworldly but looks enough like us with all these answers and say, so, well, here's how the pyramid was built, A, B, C, D, E. And you have engineers that go, well, of course. I'm not talking about little green men or little silver men, but demons. The Bible's clear that hell is going to open up and demon spirits are going to come, come out. A world that has no compass, has no compass. If all of a sudden on the scene, there is a man with a heavenly glow that has the keys to knowledge and wisdom, can speak and someone's healed, call fire down out of heaven. He endorses the one world religion, endues him with power, solves the Middle East crisis. The lost will worship him. So see, it's not mystical. It's got to happen. So I don't know that that's how the delusion's gonna come, but here's what you need to hear. God's gonna send it, not the enemy. And he said, because you didn't love the truth, I'll see to it that you believe a lie. And if for some reason, the rapture of the church does not happen before this happens. I don't care what channel it's on. I don't care who's with you and who says, oh, I felt the Lord. No, you didn't. That's a lie. I'm the Christ. Lie. Because Jesus isn't coming announcing who he is until he takes the church away. That's how we know. And when he comes with us and for us, and Paul said, don't be troubled that the day of the Lord is at hand. You have to be gathered away before this happens. They thought they'd missed the rapture. We've missed it. He said, no, no. Now, I know this was a lot of negative part, but hear me for just two or three minutes. Your pastor has never been more thrilled. It is scheduled. We're not going to be deceived. Have you ever walked into a church service or turned on a sermon or something and you go, that ain't Jesus. Have you ever done that? You ain't even listened for a few minutes. You go, mm-mm. I walked into a church in Atlanta with my friend Kevin 30 years ago. They ran three, 4,000 people. We drove up because, you know, it's a crowd. God had to be in there. I walked in the door and the first thing I heard was, the rapture of the church doesn't mean catching away of saints. It means that we're just caught up in the emotion of being with the Lord. Me and Kevin walked in. We walked right back out. It didn't feel right. I'm like, that don't feel right. That don't feel right. You're not going to be tricked. I'm Messiah. No, you're not. Because I know his voice. I know his presence. 
It doesn't make me stand up and go, oh, look, it makes me bow low. And he's the king. We're not going to be deceived. We're not going to be abandoned. No fear. None. For the Lord himself is coming back for his church. He's, he is coming for us. And if he tarries, if he tarries, and some of us are persecuted and some of us are maligned, he said, rejoice that you are counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus. God, God will make it up to you. God will make it up to you. I'm ready. Deal the next card, baby. I'm closing with this. I've been waiting all morning to tell you this. Hey, preacher, A, B, C, D, we'll do this to you. Deal the next card. I know whom I believed in, and I'm persuaded that he's going to keep what I committed to him against that day. And last verse, he said, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, because your confidence is an evident token of their damnation. We'll kill you. Oh, would you? Oh, John, you really want to begin? Of course I don't want to leave my family. You think I'm scared of opening my eyes in the presence of the one I spent my life preaching about? Woo! What? My daddy used to say, if I die while I'm preaching, before my feet get cold, I'll be with Jesus. I'd be like, hey, Lord, rewarded for. I've opened up this part and I'll get back to it in a couple of Sundays here. Kelly and I will be going with our family to take the second part of our vacation. We didn't group it all together because we about killed Grandma. She watched all three babies. <laughs> but I said all that to tell you this. God wants you to be without fear. We're not without fear because we stick our head in the sand and don't talk about it and don't think about it. We're without fear when we have full awareness of the love of God for us. Perfect love. You got me? You got me? Well, what if? I, I can't answer all that. You got me? I figure this much. If he died for me, he'll keep the rest of the promises. And I asked Chad and them if they, he would just play this song. And with all the negative parts that this world offers, we who are Christians, we have a sweet assurance. We have a calmness about us. And we're not afraid of anybody or anything but the Lord. Chad, would y'all lead us in that, please? When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever my Lord Thou hast taught me to say It is well, it is well with my soul It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. Then the trump shall resound in the Oh, 
you might think it's strange how I close today. But my, my, my motive for preaching on this was not to trouble you. It was to give you great peace. It really is. We are not safe by how the circumstances of the world are orchestrated against us. Watch, you ready? I'm like a little kid. I, I see these things in my mind. I'm like, I can't wait to tell them this. So the world is going to hell in a handbag. You heard that? It's all spiraling out of control. Okay. And what, six plus thousand years ago? 4,000 some passages? 2,000 in the New Testament? God said, here's how in control I am. This is how it's going to play out. Watch. And all of it starts to happen just like it. One world currency. One world government. False religion. Fault. You go, I ain't afraid. It's just like he wrote. It's just like he wrote. That's where our confidence is. So, Father God, on behalf of this small little local church, I just speak to you and over us. Let us be solely, altogether yours, lock, stock, and barrel. No hidden areas, no compartments, no reserves. I thank you for your exceeding promises, great and precious. I thank you that you cannot be defeated or withstood. You will reign upon the earth, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So, Lord, I pray a spirit of rest and peace over the people of Christ Chapel. Let our mantra be no fear, just none, no fear, no fear, no fear. No fear, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Church family, will you look this way before I bless you to be dismissed? Outside of the Lord, who's waiting on you there? They're all there. They're all there. And I can hear it in my spirit at the rapture. Doesn't this just beat all you've ever seen? It's like we never left. It's like we're never part of each other. I'm going to walk my daddy over to my wife. Daddy, this is Kelly. These are my babies. All of that's there. So God told me to comfort you with these words. And it's not comfort if we ignore what's going on. It's comfort when we look at it right in the face and go, eh, I just believe the Lord's going to take care of me. And this could be the week. I ain't going to say see you next Sunday. We may be out of here. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day.